All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Blue Collar Dynasty Podcast, where you can learn one or two things about Dynasty Fantasy Football. This podcast is for those new to Dynasty Football and those who want to play it casually. Your hosts are Dr. Chid right here and Data Prince Alex. This is our inaugural podcast, and we're very excited. So Alex, tell the people who we are and why we're here. Yeah, yeah, we're here to fill your ears with some Dynasty knowledge grow your your depth of knowledge so you can compete and um, hopefully win those uh, championships in your fantasy football leagues so that's why we're here we're we're very excited to be doing our inaugural football show so happy to be here all right data prince why why don't you go ahead and tell the people something about yourself and you know a little more about why you wanted to start this podcast yeah yeah so I first started with fantasy football 2016 when my friend in college introduced me to it. Um, and I'll be honest, I, I needed some help drafting my first team. Um, you know, we, we've all been there. We all have to start somewhere, and that's where I started. Um, but my obsession with it, and it, it is actually an obsession. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry to my wife. <laughs> um, but but it is uh, it has grown from there, so... Um, yeah, so I am uh, very excited and I wanted to start a podcast because it, it felt right. Um, felt like a good use of my knowledge to try to share that with other people. So, um, and then of course I invited you, Dr. Chib along and, uh, and you kindly said yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, you know, me, yeah, I really don't know much about football in that capacity, when I when I look at it in relative terms to other people, I realize I don't know much. I thought I knew much, but I don't know much. And fantasy football for me, my first time was last year, right? And I've been watching football for a long time, never played it. But it was fun hopping into it, you know, by invitation by data prints here. Said, hey, join this league. It'd be fun. Bunch of random people, but they're really cool. So I said, all right, I'll try it out. And, you know, of course, I got last place. My team was not great. You know, it was, I didn't choose them. So disclaimer, it was I didn't choose this team. Uh, they chose this team chose me. So <laughs> it wasn't great uh, in the outcome. But did I deserve last place? I don't think so. Uh, but we'll get into that more. But it was definitely joyful. I really did enjoy it. Um, it got me into it. And uh, yeah, and I'm looking forward to my second season same league dynasty of course and uh and i'm hoping to do you know it's only up from here for me right i can yep. only get better can't get can't get worse can't, can't get much worse nope. can't get worse can't go <laughs> get better my first game is not gonna be great but it's okay <laughs> it's okay we'll figure those things out you know and we'll make some adjustments here and there but you know i'm here really to pick alex's brain you know he, he t- typically wins leagues and I'm, like, I'm gonna pick his brain learn learn what's happening and I'm going to share the perspective of a, of a know-nothing person. I don't know anything. So <laughs> Alex knows a lot. I don't know a lot. You know, it's going to be a fun time. So um, anyway, we got a couple of things here for you all, uh, different segments. You know, we're going to talk about philosophies. We're going to talk about drafting players. We're also going to talk about, you know, turning points. When you drop a player, when you keep a player, you know, these are the three things we've got set up for you today. 
Um, we might have a little bonus thing here or there. We'll see if we get to it. Um, but let's start off with philosophy. So, Alex, what are your philosophies on team management? You know, do things change depending on the situation? Yeah, absolutely. When we're talking about philosophies for dynasty leagues, I I really see I see owners needing to choose between two philosophies. Um, that is, you're either rebuilding or you're competing, um, meaning you're you're rebuilding your team to compete in a future year, or you're competing now and you need to buy assets that'll help you win now. Um, if you're not doing either of those things, you're probably stuck in the middle, and that's not where you want to be. If you're you're stuck getting you know sit anywhere between fourth and eighth place in your league, you're probably not doing it right. You know, you're probably struggling to uh, to balance um, the going all in nature of needing to compete in a league with um, also trying to rebuild at the same time. Um, you know, so it there is some some balance there that needs to be found, but you gotta you gotta choose whether you're you're making your decisions based on competing this year or if you're making your decisions based on your rebuilding. Um, you really you want to stick with one of those philosophies every year. That's true. You know, I mean, for me right now, <laughs> I'm such a competitor. It's like I'm I'm not rebuilding, you know, and full disclosure, I'm a Seahawks fan. And so all I know is compete <laughs> next man up. OK, <laughs> like, let's go. Let's get this thing going. So to me, I'm like, I'm always competing. But why am I in last place? <laughs> <laughs> you know, but so I have this battle of what I hope, what I, how I see myself and my reality. Right. <laughs> right? This is how I see myself, but my reality is I need to just commit to this rebuild and lose every week, <laughs> you know, which is going to happen and just prepare for the future. And you can't play scared. Right. No matter whether you're competing or you're rebuilding, you can't play scared. Absolutely and not. when you play scared, you find yourself stuck in the middle. Right. And I'm like, hmm, I could I could agree to that because I found myself stuck in the middle in some capacities. Uh, and I feel like it's because I'm playing scared. So this year I might just be blowing up my team in some capacities um, or not, you know, because there's a for me, there's a there's another philosophy, you know, screw everybody else over. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I see that you need this player to take your team to the next level and potentially secure that that victory that you're looking for, for the league. How bad do you want this player? <laughs> you know, or maybe I just don't like you. I'm just going to hold the player and make sure you lose. I don't, I don't need the player because I'm rebuilding, <laughs> right? <laughs> it doesn't matter for me to keep them, but it sure hurts you to, <laughs> to not have them. And so that's another, I think that's another philosophy. Um, that oh, no, fun. man. You can, you can have Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I don't need him. <laughs> <laughs> he might play for another, you know, five years. <laughs> I don't see that happening. <laughs> so, but and I just realized we never we never actually talk about what is dynasty. Like what is what yeah. is dynasty? Yeah, so let's you, talk it through. So dynasty is when you are playing fantasy football and every year you're keeping your whole team. So it's different from a keeper league where you're only keeping, you know, part of your team. Usually it's two to you know six players six is probably even a lot 
Um, I know one year did a uh, keeper league where it was about eight players that we kept. Um, but again, dynasty is you're keeping the whole roster. You're only drafting rookies and, and you're going from there. Um, so, and then the league where you have the least amount of players kept year to year, which is zero is your redraft leagues. So we're really focused on dynasty here on this podcast. Um, trying to focus on those, those leagues that draft rookies every year. They, they go all in on their teams every year and they keep, keep their roster year over year. So we're, we're talking longevity of players and, and making sure that we're investing for the future. So for those people who have uh, commitment issues, dynasty is, is not for you. <laughs> no. So if you can't commit the long term to something and you probably don't want to join it, hop into a dynasty league. Um, those of you who, who love commitment, you know, then go ahead and hop into that dynasty league. But now your commitment you know, which is that, which is also a reflection of your loyalty, right? That could help or hurt you. You know, you might you might be such a loyal person where you don't want to let this player go X, Y, and Z, and that's where that we talk about that philosophy as a team management. That's where you may find yourself stuck in the middle when you know you should let this player go, cut it off. The relationship is over, yep. but you just keep on going back. Now you're gonna be stuck <laughs> in instead of competing or rebuilding again something much better. So just remember, it could be loyalty and commitment could be a double-edged sword. But for those who do have commitment issues, don't don't go into dynasty. Those who have, you know, who are loyal, who don't have commitment issues and love it, hop on into that dynasty league and build, be a true GM, I'm going to call it. So, Absolutely. All right. So in the dynasty, you know, there's um two different situations, right? I fall into the first. Um, and I think, I don't know, Data Prince, have you seen, have you done both? But yeah, I've done both. Yep. Okay. So you got an or- taking over an orphan team versus getting a brand new team. So w- what's the difference between an orphan team that take over and a brand new team? Yeah. So an orphan team, you really don't get to choose what you're coming into. Generally speaking, you're probably um, not going to be competing year one uh, because usually if you're taking over an orphan team, there's a reason that it's an orphan. Um, generally speaking, the previous owners probably sold some some of the best players on their team. They probably got rid of draft assets. So you're probably looking at, okay, I'm going to need to get into a rebuilding mode here immediately. Um, versus a startup um, where you're drafting the whole team and theoretically, if you're drafting appropriately, you should be competing immediately. Um, you should be trying to compete immediately. Oftentimes in startup drafts, you'll find that those veteran players that can really help you compete in the in the now, in, in the current year, um, actually slip down boards versus players that are young, talented, and, you know, look like they have a bright future, which go a little bit too early. So um, you kind of have to balance that in the startups because on one hand, you don't want your dynasty team to suck after year one. But on the other hand, you actually want to compete in year one. So um, so it's worth worth thinking about. Um, And the best way forward either way is trading. Uh, You got to trade to make your team better. 
Um, that is the name of the game in Dynasty. Yeah, you know, I hopped into an orphan team, and uh, yeah, that was, yeah. <laughs> I mean, most people would need a therapy after they saw that team and saw the trades that were made before you got them. Like, someone really traded away King Henry. <laughs> Derrick Henry, <laughs> I need him. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, him alone, it's crazy to say this, but I did not lose many games by much, right? And him alone... Him with um, Damian Damian Harris, uh, the the running back from uh, New England. England. Yeah, those two combined, they would have taken me over the top. Like in a lot of my games, it was just like, but it's okay, you know, it's okay. The draft is a beautiful thing. Um, I definitely, I said this year is not my year, but next year, I got yep. I think I like three or four first round yeah. draft picks. Yeah, you stockpiled. Oh, yeah, and I think I'm going to trade away some more to get some more picks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, restart the whole thing. Let's go. So I'm, I'm very excited about that. But anyway, all right, so let's go ahead and uh, let's talk about the different positions uh, that people can draft, you know, during Dynasty. So we have the quarterback as number one. So what do you, what do you say about the quarterback? Yeah, so the, the QB position, unless you're in a two QB type of league, um, really, you're just checking a box when it comes to QBs. Um, you don't want to be drafting them too early, or if you're if you're taking over an orphan team, valuing them too highly. Um, if you have a top twelve quarterback, and you should go off of a lot of the rankings that are either on your platform or just out there on the web. I'm sure at some point we'll get around to producing some rankings for you guys. But um, you know, in terms of you just got to be looking at your top 12 quarterbacks. And if you got one of them, then you're, you're solid. If you don't, then yeah, maybe you want to go out there and get a better quarterback. Um, but I wouldn't pay top 12, top dollar for them. Um, again, not unless you're in a two QB league that that's totally different. And the values of QBs are much higher than any other position. Um, but single QB, just, just check the box, get yourself a, top 12 QB and there you go. Um, when we're talking about running backs, much different. I, I call the running backs, the finishers. Um, you, you need excellent running backs to get yourself a title, but they have a, they have a high injury risk. They have a small shelf life and a short shelf life. And, you need to grab them right before you're going for the title. It's not worth drafting the best running back in the draft if you've got so many other holes to fill, especially at wide receiver. Not until you're ready for, for them being on your team. Maybe you trade back or something like that. Like you say, a big thing about the running backs, which I'm going to ask you about this in the future, their offensive line, doesn't that affect their their play what do you think about that yeah yeah actually we don't think about the offensive lines enough when it comes to fantasy football um offensive line play is is huge um when it comes to running backs a a good even the best running backs behind a horrible offensive line can can absolutely underproduce and and the best offensive lines can make the most pedestrian running back look great. Um, 
you know, we see that with um, actually one of my one of my favorite um, players um, over in Arizona, James Conner. Man survived cancer and all that. It, it's incredible his story, but you know he is he is a little bit better than a jag. Uh, you know, one of the uh, just a guy type of type of dude, but he's a run down the middle, bash him, bash him in the face. If he does not have a good offensive line, he's not going anywhere. Um, so, and, and there's other factors too. Um, you got a, a little bit of a boost if they've got a rushing quarterback. Um, but if the rushing quarterback decides that they want to take the ball into the end zone, now, now that's fewer touch it touchdowns on the ground for the running back. So, you got a few things to balance there um, in terms of running. Also, I think also you have to look at Le'Veon Bell, great running back, I believe. Fantastic running back. Goes to the Jets. Well, no, <laughs> where is the O-line? <laughs> you know, it's like and right. he's a guy who changed the way the running back position was played a little bit. His patience, you know, his calmness and everything to find that pocket and, and, and bust through it. Like for that hole and bust through it, like he had that, but the Jets weren't creating any holes, you know. Right. So it's like I can't go anywhere. Right. And then you have, but you have your like your one in a million players who I think it doesn't really matter how bad their O line might be. Right. You look at Christian figure... McCaffrey. Yeah. Every time he steps on the field, he's great, and yet Carolina's got one of the worst offensive lines in the league. Yes. Um, hopefully this year that's better but um you know in, in the past it hasn't been it's always been oh we tried to improve it and mm-hmm. look what happened our quarterback got sacked or even uh, adrian peterson. right adrian peterson who he's been on so many different teams and he's producing all of them right right Every single one good example late. so and then you also have to think about what's the philosophy of the team i think which is the running back position right are they a throw first offense or run first offense? Right? Is it balanced? Things like that. Before you think about picking up a running back or which which running back you might pick up. Because if you are, for example, I don't know if I'll pick up a running back on Kansas City. <laughs> they, they don't like to run <laughs> like that, right? No matter how good they are, you might not pick them up because they just don't like to run enough. And so, like you said, if the running back position is what's gonna take you over the edge. And taking into like that championship situation where you can win, you gotta like those. Are, I think those are the three factors that you gotta take into account. Absolutely, yeah. Think think through it. Um, and again, if you're if you're one of those kiss type of people, you know, keep it simple, stupid type of people. Go with go with what the professionals are saying in their rankings. You know, they're ranked that way for a reason. Um, but there are always that breakout those breakout candidates. Um, and a lot of times that's due to injury. So um, it's, it's all about being fast on the waiver wire with running backs. Sometimes um, those, those running backs that come out of nowhere and, and they can help you win your league. So it's important just to be ready there with your, uh, your waiver wire um, position, or if you're using fab, hopefully you're using fab um, that's free agency acquisition budget. Um, it's, it's worth, worth keeping as much as you can, especially if you're rebuilding. Um, so cool. We, so let's talk about the, you know, the meat of 
a lot of leagues, which is the raw receiver position. Yeah. Yeah. Really they're the backbone of your team. Um, the, the position is very deep and wide receivers stay around for a long time um, when compared to running backs. Um, so they stay relevant for sometimes seven, eight years. Um, but you know, most are around for about four years um, in terms of, in terms of real good relevance. Um, whereas running backs, you know, maybe they get three. Um, some of the best get closer to five. Um, but, you know, those seven or eight years, that's where your wide receivers come into play. Um, you know, and, and the biggest thing with the wide receivers is that the turnover does not happen at the top as often. So your guys like Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson right now, they're going to be at the top for a while. You know, both of them are in stable quarterback positions. Um, I'll put an asterisk on Justin Jefferson with Kirk Cousins because I know Kirk Cousins pisses a lot of people off and maybe they move on this year. But, you know, he's he's mediocre, but he's he's better than a lot of the quarterbacks out there. And he's been there for a good number of years. So, um so both of those wide receivers, I don't see them going anywhere. Um, CD Lamb, I'd put him in that same category. Um, so, and, and someone like Devontae Adams, Tyree Kill, um, you know, Stephon Diggs, they've been in the top 12 for a few years now. So um, you really just don't see that amount of turnover year over year. Yep. And I feel bad for DK Metcalf as well as. Um... <laughs> I'll lock it. You would. You would. <laughs> no, because you know, it was just like, ooh, it might be tough, tough year. <laughs> yeah. 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 I've got I've got my rankings in front of me and and these are redraft blank rankings. Uh, you know, so think win now, you know, competing for your title type of rankings um in terms of dynasty. And DK Metcalf is 22nd in my wide receivers. See? And that's not, even, not because of him. And yet, and yet, I still drafted him in a startup this year. <laughs> you know, might surprise you, but it's not because of him. It's just because you got a wide receiver is depending on the quarterback. If the exactly. quarterback can get them the ball, then they're useless. <laughs> you know, and so that's what it is. And so that's that's why I feel bad for certain wide receivers out there in the yep. league. Um, but yeah, so we'll see. So next position is the tight end position. Yeah. Yeah, tight end is going to be similar to quarterback. You either have one of the top two guys, top three maybe, depending on the year, or you've got Joe Schmo that's going to come out and and hopefully get you some decent weeks. Um, but for the most part, you know this is a this is a position where maybe if you get one of the top three guys, you can get an edge. Um, but you certainly only want one of them, and you certainly don't want to focus too much on the tight end position. Some of your other positions like running back and wide receiver are going to be a lot more helpful. Um, the tight end position is they're, they're just the lowest scores and, and really just not going to do that much for your team unless you have like Mark Andrews or Travis Kelsey uh, and hopefully Kyle Pitts here after the season, <laughs> we can officially put him up there. Let's take a look at last year. The, the third best tight end scored equal points to the 26th best wide receiver and the 23rd best running back. So 
you know, when you're talking about even that third best tight end, we're not talking about, you know, elite numbers here in, in comparison with the other positions. We're talking about a guy that you might not even start every week. They're probably a guy that, you know, is in your flex position or, um, you know, or your second wide receiver, or your second running back. So, um, yeah, you're your tight end position it's not worth having two of the best because then that might clog up the next position we're about to talk about which is your flex position um yes now let's talk about that right now with that yeah so your flex position typically it's wide receiver running back tight end um there is such a thing as super flex which is when you can put your quarterback in there and that in those leagues, I would treat that as a two quarterback league. Um, and I would say if you can put your quarterback in your flex position, you absolutely need to. You won't be competing if you don't have a quarterback there. Um, it's just not it, quarterbacks score way more points than any of the other positions. Um, but in comparison to themselves in a one quarterback league, it's it's not worth focusing on, like I said before. In terms of your flex position, for the most part, we're going to be talking about the flex position for wide receivers, running backs, and tight ends. A couple do's and don'ts here. Um, definitely do put your last starting, um, and, and I, I'll say last starting in terms of time and day of the kickoff of the game. So you want to put your last one in the running back or wide receiver, um, maybe tight end if you really happen to have a second good one. Um, but each week you're going to use that flex position to make sure that if somebody calls out late and says, Oh, I actually, I got COVID or something. I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to play today, you know, and they're four 30 on Sunday. You want them in your flex position. So that way you can trade out, somebody from a different position like a wide receiver maybe it's a running back that got sick and you want to throw a wide receiver in there that way you're able to have the flexibility hence the name of the position to to actually start a full roster you might want a second one to trade in and out but really what you're talking about here is you're playing the matchups so if you're able to stream them off the waiver wires absolutely do that that's going to depend on your league and how many greedy owners there are in your league getting, you know, over two, uh, <laughs> over two defenses on their team. I'm looking at you, Chip. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, I just, I, I can't remember a philosophy. I don't need them, but, but you might. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They were okay. You know, but they didn't do anything special for you. So be really careful. Don't don't go over the top with defense. I'll also say that, you know, I think the Seahawks this year are going to have a great defense, personally. But they're not going to look great in the numbers. Reason being, their offense can't stay on the field. And when your offense can't stay on the field, your defense is going to get, stays on the field more, and they get more tired, which makes it hard to keep up. So that alone, I think you have to also think about that when drafting a defense, uh, picking a, a team on defense is does their offense stay on the field long enough for this defense to actually be effective? 
If not, then you even though the defense will be great, you might be taking a risk with drafting them because they don't have a quarterback or an offense that can, you know, keep them off the field just for enough time to get their energy back. So, all right, next position, kicker. Yeah, kicker, another box check position. Um, I think we've already probably talked too much about kickers. Um, so if you're <laughs> I, I say that just to mean not all leagues decide to even have kickers, but if you do, they're they're very high variability season to season and week to week. Um, so it, it's very they're very team dependent. Go for a kicker on a good team, great on a on a good, not great offense. Um, and I say that because the the great offenses will sc- score touchdowns. And that'll give you one point. The good, not great offenses will score field goals and give you three points or more um, at that position. So, again, you know, usually if we're talking about Kansas City, Buffalo, they're still their kickers are still going to do just fine. They just won't be a a top three or whatever kicker. Uh, you know, they, they will, they'll be top 12, you know, back of the pack, top 12, because you're really getting, you know, you're getting ones every time they go and score a touchdown. So don't overthink it. Uh, you know, don't do what I just did, which is drop Tyler Bass, you know, and pick up a different kicker, um, you know, just because his punter is uh, no longer his holder. You know, and we we don't even know what's happening at their punter position, so we don't know who's holding. So that's why I dropped them. But you know, I'm at the top of the league. I can do <laughs> weird, screwy things like that, and and hope it yeah, doesn't well, come to they... bite me in the ass. <laughs> so, all right. So we get those are all the positions. Um, wide receiver. That's the meat. That's what we want to focus on. Um, then really it's like quarterback, then running back defense and uh kicker as well and as well as special teams in your flex position so now i think we did touch a little bit about the philosophies on drafting um do we want to say anything else about that yeah yeah i can i can touch on in terms of drafting uh talk a little bit about rookies you know it's it's not really the rookie draft season but what I would say on drafting rookies is you don't necessarily always need to make the picks. Sometimes it's better to let somebody else make the rookie picks and trade those, those assets for veterans that can help you win. Now, sometimes you feel you want to take the rookie picks and actually grab a player I, I know I do. I get the rookie fever just like everybody else. Um, but it's not always the best strategy. Um, so if if you can, I would concentrate your rookie picks as much as possible. Trade up as much as possible. Um, again, though, it depends on where you are. If you are rebuilding... You might trade back and get more rookie picks and get more youth on your roster because those are assets that might, you know, 
skyrocket and really help out your team. And, and then maybe you can trade those players away for even more picks um, or more players. So um, that's, that's my philosophy on drafting. Again, it comes back to, are you winning now? Yeah, that's good. That's good. And then, you know, you have also different platforms that change what you might or might not do. Right. So every platform is not the same. We use um, Sleeper, the Sleeper app for our fantasy league, but you have other fantasy leagues and other apps and their scoring could be different. So something might be way more valuable than something else. And that's going to change how you draft and, and who you draft. Yep. So can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So um, in terms of the top platforms out there, um, you've got some of the old old school guys, ESPN, Yahoo, NFL.com. Um, you know, they, they all have fantasy football platforms that are tried and true, pretty good. Um, Dynasty is a little clunky on them at times um, just because they're really built for – uh, redraft leagues for the most part but you also have places like flea flicker or sleeper that are really more geared towards those those dynasty leagues and and then even beyond them you've got places like my league um, that really go way further in depth and we won't really talk about those because a I'm not an expert on those leagues, uh, in those platforms and B, um, that's not really the, the gear of the show that we're trying to get locked into where we're talking those blue collar guys out there, guys and gals out there that want to, uh, want to be a part of dynasty, but aren't trying to make it their whole life story. <laughs> yeah, I understand. You know, some people got full-time jobs too. <laughs> so yeah. all right so then what about um do we want to talk about scoring you know roster style defaults yeah yeah it, to give people an idea um we'll be speaking to i guess our default scoring will be half point in terms of qbs our league is, is a little funky with qbs but for the most part it's you know it's a four four touchdown, four point touchdown, um, for passing touchdowns, uh, you know, good old fashioned rushing quarterback is going to help you out immensely. If we're talking about valuing positions, you're really talking about those that'll be able to score more than the others at the position in terms of scoring. That's really where we're at. Um, we're not talking any IDP here. Um, so just just offensive and DST and kicker. If you're in a league with a whole bunch of friends, like people you already know, that's one thing. But if you're in a league with a bunch of people who are random, you don't know who they are, I think it creates a different dynamic, right? Because your relationships are going to affect or with them can potentially affect, you know, how certain things go for you in your Donna's league. So could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Yeah, so forming relationships within your league, especially when you're in a league with random players. But uh, honestly, I've had issues even in my home league. Um, so, you know, it's important to be be cordial 
um, in your interactions with other owners. Um, I find it critical um, not to not to call people out in in the main chat um, too <laughs> too much. You know, if you're if we're talking if you're talking shit, you know, that's one thing. If you're if you're calling somebody out in the in a negative manner that is not not conducive to uh you know sportsmanship <laughs> i guess you could say yeah. um you know you might not be making too many friends in in that league and and that's that really comes down to how is the game fun for you and and making it more fun for yourself and the others in the league you you really want to have many trades and yourself to have many trades and the best way to do that is have good relationships with the other owners. Um, I find that, you know, not trying to screw other owners over, um, especially when it comes to trading. Um, you'll find that in Dynasty, it's it's fairly difficult to do that because so many people that play Dynasty know what they're doing and know the value of players. Um, you know, that's not to say people don't make mistakes all the time and that there aren't newbies. It, it's important to try to, try to get reasonable value in terms of, in terms of trades. Um, and, and on the flip side of that, in terms of being a commissioner, I generally don't like to veto trades at all. Um, that, that is a pretty archaic rule. Um, if, if there's, there's only two reasons I see forever needing to veto a trade and it's one, it, it disrupts the integrity of the league. And two, there's clear cheating involved. Um, so in both in both instances, other action is going to be necessary. So vetoing the trade in general is is probably not the starting point. Um, so so vetoing a trade is probably not not the way to go. Um, and, and those instances thankfully are pretty rare. Um, I've only had one of them myself um, where, where an owner was cheating, um, you know, and in terms of destroying the league it takes a lot, it's important to, to find balance in everything. <laughs> so you want to, you want to find that in your relationships in the league. I wish they found balance when they, they gave me my league, well, my team, because <laughs> they gutted my team and the, the commission just let that happen. But then when they gutted a different team and this person was just throwing their players out there and I was, gra I was scooping them up. Scooping, scooping, scooping. Commissioner's like, this is ridiculous. Shut it down. I'm like, oh, so when I need help. Okay, I understand. Yeah, yeah. See, and we can talk a little bit to that type of situation because it's important to to know, um, you know, when you're, your commissioner is is somebody that has a full-time job, you know, they're, they're doing – they're likely commissioning out of the kindness of their heart or their unfortunate obsession with fantasy football. <laughs> um, so it's, it's probably best to treat them with kindness. Um, but in terms of, in terms of those situations where it, there's clearly something, something going on where, okay, Christian McCaffrey was just dumped onto the open market. Okay we know that somebody's about to try to quit or screw with the league, you know? So snap snapping those types of uh, players up when you know that there's something 
fishy going on. It just be cordial when the when the commissioner says, "Hey, I'm gonna have to put that player back on that other team and boot this owner." And you're uh, unfortunately, I'm sorry, you're not gonna be able to keep that player. You know that's that's what's gonna happen. I you know I've I've dealt with it myself. You know sometimes you have to enforce rules yourself where your platform won't enforce them for you as commissioner. I was so excited too. <laughs> so anyway, you finally catch a break and then <laughs> and boom break with the NBA beat on Chris Ball's trades at Lakers. So <laughs> all right, so let's go on to segment two. All right, this one's pretty straightforward. Position battles to watch out for, right? We're gonna go through different teams, let's talk about different positions, the wide receiver position, the running back position, quarterback positions, the battles that are happening, and what to watch out for. So the first team we got focused on is Denver Broncos. Yeah, yeah. And and something that I'll I'll mention for all of these guys as we move into the segment. For week one, especially, but even as we move through these weeks, you want to look at the snap percentages. Um, sometimes the stats will end up lying to you. Um, you want to know how often these guys are on the field, how many looks they're getting in terms of targets, if they're wide receivers how many rushes they're getting. Um, but the snap percentage will dictate even more than either of those numbers. Um, it will tell you, okay, the the coaches want them on the field. They're on the field. It's a matter of when are they going to make a play, not if. So, um, so you should be tracking that week over week to make sure that, you know, your players are um, – the players that you're starting are actually getting out there on the field. So if we're starting with Denver and their wide receiver position, um, we're really talking about Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler in Montreal, Washington this, this year, um, Tim Patrick, unfortunately is out for the year with an injury. My, my personal rankings here and what I expect to happen in terms of week one, I expect Cortland Sutton to, Outsnap Jerry Judy. Um, last year he outsnapped him eighty-five percent to seventy-three percent. I expect that to continue. Um, Jerry Judy is is uh, back full strength. Um, you know he he came back after after an injury last year. Um, so hopefully we see him a lot longer this year. But truth be told, Jerry Judy really hasn't shown much in the NFL. And we're already crowning him the the king of this uh, wide receiver core, um, whereas Cortland Sutton's done it, um, not with any good quarterbacks, but that's that's even better, right? Um, KJ KJ Hamler is a you know is a guy that actually was getting more snaps than Jerry Judy last year. He got eighty eight percent last year. Uh, sorry, sorry, uh, he was he was injured most of last season high as 88% in his rookie year. So that's two years ago. Um, but again, that's when Jerry Judy was on the field, but no Sutton on the field back then. So KJ Hamler is a deep fall, deep ball guy. Um, he's going to be really only relevant in those very deep leagues. Um, you know, I, he'll have one or two amazing games, but you won't know when they're coming and you'll feel like shit because he's not in your team yes but <laughs> it doesn't matter because you shouldn't put him out there every week 
Montrell Washington will be an interesting guy. Um, can he step into that Tim Patrick role in this offense? I don't know. Tim Patrick was a kind of sneaky guy coming into this year. He, once he got injured, I I think it's Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. They're the only two that matter to me. Uh, yeah, so just moving on to San Francisco wide receivers. So we, we're looking at Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, um, Danny Gray. Really the big two for me here, Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk. Uh, and I expect Debo Samuel to get better um, this year over last year in terms of wide receiver numbers. But he also rushed the ball a lot. I expect that to go down. So I think it'll kind of even out. Um, but Brandon Ayuk, um, the last five games of 2021, outsnapped Debo Samuel 93% to 80%. And he's going like five rounds later than Debo. I, it's it's wild, um, you know, what's happening in startup drafts. Brandon Ayuk, he's my value pick. You can get him cheap. I would grab him up if you don't have him yet. Um, definitely a guy to watch. George Kittle will obviously be in the mix for this receiving core. Um, not a wide receiver, but a tight end. Um, but he he's really got to up his volume if he's going to match his historical numbers. And the next one we got is Miami, right? So Miami, two has got to step up, right? Absolutely. But they got three guys um, we're looking at. So we got yeah. Tiger Hill, Jaden Waddle, and Mike Gesicki. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mike Gesicki is a tight end. Um, he's he's really a possession guy. Waddle's going to be in the slot. Tyreek Hill is your deep guy. Um, That's true. I think... I think a lot of the nervousness with Tyree kill has abated um, after, after the preseason game, he balled out with Mahomes. or sorry. Uh, <laughs> too used to that. Ooh, that's <laughs> <laughs> with Tua Tunga Vailoa. Um, and it, they looked good together. And, you know, I don't know what, what level defense was on the field, but um, whether it was first string or second string, but they looked good together, and I feel a little bit less nervous. Um, now, that being said, I sold all of my Tyree Kill shares this year. Really? Absolutely. I am totally out on Hill going into this year, and that really is because I love Waddle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, Jalen Waddle is an up-and-comer. He had an amazing rookie season. I I think he's gonna be great. It, he's he's the future here, not Tyree Kill. Tyree Kill's got a few years left in him, so make use of him absolutely. Uh, but you know, Waddle's my guy. All right, Green Bay. Yeah, so Green Bay. Um, this is a mess. Uh, but the guy that I would this is a place where you're really needing to look at the snap percentages, but the guy that I would think and hope and expect to be the top in the snap percentages in week one is Alan Lazard. Um, he's, he's a fifth year 
guy. Green Bay has a lot of trust in him, but more importantly, Aaron Rodgers has a lot of trust in him. Um, and I will tell you, I won't tell you what rank he was, but he was high on my rookie ranks for 2018. Uh, he was, it was a little high, higher than I should, I should tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was undrafted if I remember correctly. Um, but he's, he's very good. Um, he's a, he's a big dude. He'll score a lot of touchdowns and, and I think he's, he's going to ball out this year. I think people are going to be are, are sleeping on him a little bit too much. Um, now Christian Watson was the the heir heir apparent uh, to Devonte Adams coming into the season. He's a rookie, just drafted in the first round, and I I think we're going to be way disappointed in this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's had an injury all camp, and I, that doesn't typically lead into a a positive experience in the rookie year not to mention romeo dobbs the rookie that was drafted much later has been great in preseason so i i would look to romeo dobbs a little bit more even than christian watson right now and christian watson might be a buy low candidate right now it something to keep an eye on um or or go get them right now um because people are thinking he's a bust right now. Amari Rogers, um, he's coming into his second year. He's the returner. Um, I think he'll be better than people expect. But I, I at the same time, I, I think he's going to outscore Christian Watson this year. I think he might even outscore Romeo Dobbs. He's he's a real dart throw. You know, it, it's going to be tough. Um, there's also Randall Cobb on this team who's a security blanket for Aaron Rodgers, And then Sammy Watkins is on this team and he might, he might end up surprising us. Um, if, if I were a, a crazier man than I am, I would start Sammy Watkins week one because Sammy always has a great week one. So <laughs> he, he's somebody that if his snap percentage is low and he does and has an amazing week one, it's all a fib, guys. Don't don't pay attention to it. <laughs> I like Sammy. I like him. I, I agree with what you're saying because the maturity, like it's it seems like um Aaron Rodgers already doesn't like his rookies. Like y'all are dropping passes. <laughs> right, right. He, <laughs> Who he does generally that? doesn't like rookies at, at all, ever. Oh um, I can see why Sammy's a good pick then. Yep. All right. Let's go to the Jets. Look at that wide receiver room. All right. So the Jets, it's a little messy here as well. Um, we've got Elijah Moore, second-year guy, very talented, came out last year, balled out, did really well. We've got Garrett Wilson, rookie, first-round talent, uber-talented. Um, and we've got Corey Davis. He's been in the league for a while, really has been pretty disappointing. Um, and then we've got Braxton Barrios, who had an awesome last year, um, both as a returner and as a wide receiver, really stepped up when a lot of people were injured, including Elijah Moore and Corey Davis. So out of these guys, I think we're going to be disappointed with Garrett Wilson this year. <laughs> Unfortunately, I I just don't 
see the rookie stepping into a larger role. I love Garrett Wilson. I think he's a great stash for next year. Um, but I think Elijah Moore, Corey Davis are going to run this wide receiver core. And then I think we're going to see a little bit too much Braxton Berrios for anyone's liking. Um, it, it, I mean, he's going to be running out of the slot. So if, if Zach Wilson or whoever decides to be the quarterback for the Jets <laughs> this year, um, maybe, maybe Mike White, that'd be cool. Whoever is, whoever's playing, uh, whoever's a signal caller, if they fall in love with the slot position, Braxton Barrios might be the guy. So, um, you know, I, I don't think I saw enough last year from Elijah Moore to, to feel like he couldn't be pushed down by someone else. Um, but, but he's really looking good. I'm here for Braxton Barrios. He's on my team. I'm like, come on, show me something. Show <laughs> me something. <laughs> Please pass him the ball. <laughs> yep, yep. And you might get your wish. I might start him. We won. Do it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Next on, let's look at the Pittsburgh wide receivers. Yeah. So, Pittsburgh wide receivers, we're talking about Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, George Pickens, Calvin Austin, the third. Um, And there's some other guys here, but a lot of them have actually been cut. So those are really the four that I, I think are relevant. And even Calvin Austin, um, he's going to be a little bit more of a kick returner. He's a speed guy. Um, he'll have some flashes this year, but I don't think we're going to see much of him. In week one, I'd be looking at Deontay Johnson showing the rest up. Um, I think he's going to be the lead dog here. They actually paid him an extension, which is very surprising. Uh, for Pittsburgh, who likes to draft great wide receivers and then let them go on the market. Um, but Deontay Johnson got a, got a deal done. Chase Claypool, I'm a little nervous about Chase Claypool. So I'll be interested to see if he holds up his snap percentage um, from last year. So, um, And then there's George Pickens, the rookie, first-round pick. I have high hopes for George Pickens. He's looked great in preseason, but I don't know that as a rookie, he's going to step in and take this job over, um, at least not in week one. So I think he's going to be sharing a lot more time with Michael Carter um, than, than most people want. He is a great, they're both great pass catchers and Michael Carter did really well last year. I, I think he's going to be much more involved. Um, my only question is in a bad Jets offense, is there going to be enough volume um, to really maintain two backs? And of course they're running the Shanahan system um, that was used back in Atlanta and San Francisco, where there's multiple backs involved every, every game. Um, So I expect us to see some good value here with both of them, but they're not league winners here. These are these are depth pieces that you fill in. These are guys that you want you want them to be your third running back. All right. Well, let's talk about let's talk Baltimore, not Baltimore. It's Baltimore. All right. <laughs> so we got J.K. Dobbins. You no, know, I think he's back, right? Last year he, they got decimated. He, 
he might be back. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. But he says he'll be back. But uh, it was Adam Schefter said he might be back. And people are still speculating. It's going back and forth. But J.K. Dobbins, Mike Davis, Tyler Batty, Justice Hill, Gus Edwards. Yeah, yeah. Gus is like not going to be back either. I just, I just remember that too. And so, but yeah, they got decimated last year, which is crazy. It was like some a curse. Yeah, they did. They, it was real bad. Um, yeah. And they filled in with experienced guys, veterans, um, guys that we were disappointed to see on the field, guys that we were – they were very lackluster. Um, people like Devonta Freeman, um, who are pretty, unfortunately, washed up at this point. Yeah. Um, but the guy this year, Mike Davis, he's that same type of dude, veteran. He's not. He, he's going to be a volume guy, and I think he's going to be the week one starter. Um, Tyler Beatty, who I was really excited about in this offense, um, he's a rookie, and he was cut surprisingly uh, today. So. So he is not on this team anymore and won't be competing for a, a job here. Um, I I think he might get on the practice squad. I, I'd be surprised if he wasn't as a draft pick. Um, but that kind of leaves Justice Hill maybe as the second guy here. Um, and then J.K. Dobbins, hopefully he's back for week one, but they'll slowly work him back in. So I expect Mike Davis to be the, the guy until further notice. That makes sense. And then next one, we got New England. All right. You know, they already got my guy, Damian Harris. He's on my squad. You know, he gave me points every day. Thank you, New England. All right. <laughs> and then you got Ramondre Steven, uh, Stevenson, J.J. Taylor, Pierre Strong, Kelvin Harris. All right. So what do you think about these people? All right. So and don't take this as a personal shot against you and your team. You are but... doing it. <laughs> but I hate, hate, hate having a New England Patriot running back on my team. Why? They are always swapped out for some other guy in week to week. You don't know who it's going to be. They use multiple backs every year. It's inconsistent. Someone's always poaching that uh, that touchdown. I don't want anything to do with this backfield. But if I had to have Damien Harris on my team or someone else out of this running back core, it would be Damien Harris or Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, the others, J.J. Taylor, Pierre Strong, a rookie, Kelvin Harris, a rookie. Ramondre Stevenson looks like the, the cool cat here. He's a great pass catcher. He is going to replace um, James White in this offense and James White has produced pretty good fantasy numbers in the past. So I, I'm interested here with Ramondre Stevenson, but I think I'm just going to get disappointed as I always am. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Damien Harris, it is, he's, he's good. He's a good running back. Um, for me, in terms of fantasy points, he's pretty ho-hum. He is going to be lucky to be, a top 12 guy um, just with how much work all of the other backs poach from him. So that's my fear. Uh, but looking at week one, 
it could be interesting looking at snap percentages here. But to be honest, I don't even think that's going to help you because it could change next week. Gotcha. Okay. All right. You know, and I just realized we do have Ty Montgomery on their team. I know he has an ankle injury, right? But Yeah. Yeah. Ty, Ty Montgomery's the veteran that's going to um, – He's gonna throw a wrench into everybody else's plans. <laughs> I think I think he's the disruptor and he's gonna poach too many carries away and just make everybody irrelevant. Yeah, that makes sense. Cool. All right. Well, uh, let's go to our third segment here. Call it turning points. All right. The question really is when do you give up? You got a player on your team, you thought they were gonna be a hit, but they didn't have enough. You know, one, two, three, four, I don't know how many bad weeks they may be having. And you're like, all right, it's time, it's time to cut the cord. You gotta go. All right. When do you give us? So we're gonna put we're gonna put up some players. All right. Data data prince here. He's gonna go ahead and just give his thoughts on when he's giving up on a certain player. I'm gonna react. I don't know what he's gonna say. He doesn't know what I'm gonna say. And we're just gonna figure this out. All right. So are you ready for the first one? Absolutely. So here we go. All right, first one we got is Cordell Patterson. So Cordell Patterson, I would start him in week one if you have him. Um, But in terms of when I give up, it's week one. If he doesn't show out week one and he doesn't look like he's the starter, he's got a late breakout age, I'm done with him. He's... He's on my bench until further notice. Yeah, I don't really know much about him anyway, so I'm gonna just rock with your with your thoughts on this one and just to say, all right, sounds good. All right, next one. Let's go. Let's talk about Tyree Kill. Yeah, Tyree Kill. Um, so I'm I'm really thinking between three and five weeks. You know, he's looking good with Tua right now, um, but. For three weeks, if he's not doing anything, I'm just I'm going to bench him. That's yeah, no, nah, you tripping. So here's the thing, Tyreek. For me, he got five years. All right, you got five years <laughs> to do something. <laughs> then I'll drop you. All right, that man is the cheater. Like, you don't just let him go. All right, he's gonna make he's gonna make something happen. All right, I realize a lot of times we gave Patrick Mahomes the credit right for making these crazy plays, but Tyreek was. He was forcing himself open. Like, give me the ball, give me the ball, give me the ball. And I like that. I like that a lot. So he'd have to have some serious injury, God forbid, uh, for me to drop him. So he gets that, injured me. every game, man. Tyreek? I've, I've been watching him for years. Every serious. game he limps off the field, and I think my season's over. It's gonna be I'm serious. done watching him. <laughs> yeah, he just gives, he gives you a heart attack. It's like all this anxiety. He gives me anxiety. That's the word. Yep. And so, yeah, that's why. No, I'm not dropping him. All right, next one we got Ezekiel For, Elliott. To be clear, I'm not dropping him either. I'm putting him on my bench. Yeah, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> or I'm trading him away, at one of the two. Okay, all right, all right. Yeah, I'm gonna, keep, I'm gonna just keep running with Tyreek. All right, Ezekiel Elliott, what do you got? What do you think about him? So I think we're gonna see within three weeks here whether or not Zeke still got it. Um, you know, the team wants to run with him, but Tony Pollard's there. He might take the volume. He might just run away with this thing. So keep an eye on it. Um, but three weeks for me, if Zeke's not showing out, I'm I'm 
putting him on the bench again and and, and trying to sell him for whatever he's worth because if he's not showing up this year uh, in Dynasty, people are going to think he's he's done for real. So, um, yeah, I, I've i traded away Zeke in my in in the league we're in and i i already got stuff back for him and part of that reason was because i already had tony pollard on my team and so i'm hoping tony pollard takes the job here okay well you know i'm all about that o-h-i-o you already know uh but when it comes to when it comes to zeke yeah he's got a preseason whether he plays or not i'm trading him (laughs) <laughs> I don't care it's like it's too much of a disappointment um I feel like since his first season it just hasn't been that great so Zeke gotta go all right next one all right Antonio Gibson he he played for um he's on Washington right? yes yep all right what you think about him yeah so this is a, a tough situation here too um so my notes have Everything's changed since I took my notes here. Um, Brian Robinson was looking amazing in preseason, um, but Brian Robinson just got shot twice yes, in the horrible. legs. So he's he's still re- he's recovering from that. You know he's 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 okay. He you know he's healthy. It wasn't life threat life threatening um, as much as getting shot can't be life threatening, um, but. Antonio Gibson's still here. He's still going to be involved. Um, and as much as some people wanted to move on from him, I, I think I think he's here for a while. Um, and, you know, I previously thought week one, if he's, if he's done and Brian Robinson's taking the job, I'm moving on and selling him or benching him. Um, but, you know, to be honest, I think he's probably worth sticking around, sticking with until Brian Robinson's back. Probably week three, week four. That makes sense. Now, what's it called? I don't know about how fast I would drop him, but I will say in regards to uh, Brian Robinson, they did say that though it was devastating in terms of like being shot, that's just not a, that's not a great thing. For his career, they said it's actually one of the best things in terms of what it, it was not career threatening. Right, right. He got shot in the glute and the lower leg part, but it said it was like, I think maybe it was clean or some situation like that. Yep. And Surgery so went well. He should yeah. be back in four weeks. Yes, and that's really that's really great to hear. So, but other than that, um, let's see, we got. Um, Mike Williams, who we? Yeah, Mike Williams. For me, he is a long hold. Uh, I would say, it, or a long start. You know, I'll probably be starting him for five weeks, it, even if he hasn't done anything for me. He is a boom bust guy. He might have three horrible games in a row, and then his fourth game is going to be great. So, if I see five bad weeks, though. I'm probably uh, a little upset. (laughs) (laughs) So he's probably going to go on my bench at that point. Um, You know, and I'm going to wait for him to prove that he deserves to be started again. Gotcha. Okay. I can see that. 
And next guy, Michael Thomas. Let's go. What you got? <laughs> so I will uh I will this say is the Legion. Michael Thomas has burned me in the past. <laughs> he hasn't been on the field in three years. But I I guess what I'm gonna say is I'm not starting Michael Thomas week one. He doesn't have to like prove himself off my starting roster because he's not in my starting roster. <laughs> uh, you know, but from my bench, when do I drop him? Uh, week four. You know, I I probably am done with him after week four if he hasn't done anything. Um, now, this is Dynasty. I will try to trade him. Um, but, yeah, I... He's, I'll be honest, though, he's not on any of my rosters at this point. <laughs> I don't believe in the guy. Uh, you know, too many sketchy things in his recovery. I'm I'm out. Gotcha. You know, it's interesting. I think he has something to prove this year. And because of that, I think he's going to be great. And then I think after he proves it, he's going to have to, he's going to want to keep proving it over and over again about why he's that guy. Right, and after the Drew Brees era, if he can be a big reason to maintain the legitimacy of the the Saints, now he's going to be a legend, right? Because a lot sometimes players who are not playing for Super Bowls, they're playing for Hall of Fame. Right? It's like I'm I'm not winning a Super Bowl with this person, but I can get to the Hall of Fame. I'm gonna do everything I can to do that. So I think that might be potentially uh, a sticking point or an encouragement point for him the ball out. So I'm keeping him for the foreseeable future. Next one, Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah, Juju. So he disappointed greatly last year. <laughs> um, basically did nothing. I'm going to drop him after week five if he hasn't done anything. Um, my concern is that he's got a knee issue that just keeps popping up again and again and again. And basically it's limiting him in games. So you don't always know when it's affecting him. And he had it pop up again, just a couple weeks ago. So, um, and he was missing some preseason action. So I'm concerned, um, you know, if we were doing one of those red light yellow light green light games i am in <laughs> i am in i'm in orange light right now with juju. uh juju 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 yeah i'm not taking him in any capacity if i can trade him i'm trading him i just don't trust the guy personally and we just trust there's no relationship so i gotta cut that off and let him do his own thing so next one we got uh, uh chase claypool yeah, Chase Claypool, I'm watching week one to see if he's been supplanted. Um, if he's on my roster, which most of my rosters are not. Um, he, and, and I will say, I was a believer in Chase Claypool. Uh, you know, coming out of... Coming out rookie year. I believed in him. I, he, he showed out. He balled out year one. He was a little disappointing after that. Um, so... Watch him week one. If he is getting the snaps he needs, I'm going to start him after that. If he's not, 
I'm going to bench him until he is getting those snaps. Okay. Okay. Uh, for me, Chase, I think it's another situation where I just, I don't know. I haven't watched him enough. I love his frame. I love his um, things you just can't coach. Speed, size. Um, he has great hands. I believe so. But the question becomes, can a quarterback get him the ball? Number one. Right. And then number two is, has he matured enough to keep things going? I remember what happened last year. And I hope that doesn't define him, right? I don't think he's a bad human being in any capacity. But for me, I think I'll give him half the season. Half the season before I, I, I you know, kind of see if I got to get rid of him right now. Because he might surprise me. Right, because it might just take to take a little bit of time to get comfortable, and then boom. All right, next one we got James Conner. Yeah, so James Conner, he is the overwhelming starter on this team. So I think you know, four weeks he's he's gonna be on my roster starting if I have him, you know. And after four weeks, if he's not doing anything, I'm gonna bench him. Um, this isn't a guy that I would drop in any way, shape, or form, um, but I might trade him. James, I'm gonna just find a way to shoot him as soon as possible. I think one thing is with where I'm currently positioned in the league itself, you know, I do want to be rebuilding. I have no emotional attachment to James Conner. Um, he's also in a rival team of the Seahawks. So <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna. <laughs> you can go as soon as I get rid of you. You can go and. Uh, no, living a good life. So that's it. All right, Russell Gage. Now he's on um, Tampa Bay, correct? Yep. And he was supposed to be like the new hope, potentially. Yeah, yeah. He's, upon. He was supposed to be the guy that makes up for Godwin not being ready for the season. And now Godwin might be ready for the season. So um, what do we do with Russell Gage? I, I give him two weeks, see what we're working with there. And then we're probably dropping it. Oh, <laughs> uh, Russ, Russ, Russell. They mic'd him up recently, actually. And I'll be honest, something about it that stuck with me is he doesn't seem comfortable yet with the team. Right? He doesn't seem like the team completely accepts him and loves him, things like that. It yep. could be a testament of just the culture where they're just so super focused and minded right now. Whereas like, we don't want to joke around and do all this having fun stuff. We got work to do. So, but we'll see. We'll see. I think for me, I'll probably give my least. Him playing with Tom Brady makes it different. So it's either I give him more time so they can like meld or gel, I should say, or I give him less time because it's Tom Brady, right? And if you're not clicking with Tom Brady, that's a problem, right? right. And so... I guess two. I guess I would get. I was. I would say four weeks. Four weeks would be enough for me to be like, all right, this guy got to go. Um, yeah. All right, Sky Moore. You said Sky's the limit with Sky Moore. Sky's the limit. I'm not starting him though. Until <laughs> I see something. He's a rookie for Kansas City, and I'm certainly not dropping him though for a few years. Um, you know, so I I want to see something, and once I see something, I might. I might start for me um like i said as rookie i get rookies time i get rookies time to to figure things out see what's happening um before i start dropping them off so that's the same, same situation there michael carter he's next 
Yeah, Michael Carter. I will start him for three weeks and then I will bench him <laughs> if he's not <laughs> doing anything. Yeah, so I, I expect we'll we'll know in the first three weeks here um, whether this is a timeshare that favors him in any way, shape, or form. Um, but I expect Brees Hall to get better as the season goes on and Michael Carter to get worse. So if Michael Carter is not doing much in the first three weeks, it's not going up from there um, mm. outside of injury. So that's my take on him. Yeah, I'm probably in the same position as you in this regards. Um, with Michael Carter, don't need too much time to see this what I need to see. In, um, if it goes well, keep. If it doesn't, quick, make some space for some someone else. So, it's funny. All right, we've got Chase Edmonds is next. What do you think? Chase Edmonds... I give him a week, and if he's not doing anything the first week, I am benching, benching him. Um, I will look at snap percentage. Um, I think he's going to be the starter in Miami. I think he's going to uh, be the main dog, but I'm also worried about Raheem Mostert there, um, who could overperform and cut Chase Edmonds out of a lot of work. So. Uh, and Chase, that's a that's a Miami one, right? Miami, yep. Yeah, Raheem is gonna kick. Yeah, Raheem is gonna you know turn up. Like, yeah, I don't see that happening. So I agree with you. Two weeks, I think two weeks, two weeks, two weeks. Actually, no, it depends. It depends on what that one week looks like. If it looks kind of <laughs> decent, if it looks borderline decent, I'm gonna get rid of him, right? Because I mean, someone might my move on an emotional emotional way and say, oh yeah, let me get let me get yep. that guy. He's good, right? And exactly. um but yeah, so that's that's what I would do with that situation. All right, Trevor Lawrence. Whoo! That's a big one. Yep, yep. Trevor Lawrence. So in one of my keeper leagues, I actually drafted Trevor Lawrence as my starting quarterback for week one. I'm in on Trevor Lawrence this year until he uh until he doesn't do well for me <laughs> and then i will be all out um i i want to see decent numbers um you know in terms of pretty typical scoring i'm talking i want to see in the 15 plus points range um if he's if he's really struggling to get above that i'm gonna I'm not going to drop Trevor Lawrence. If he's on my roster in a dynasty league, he's he's staying on that roster for a while or I'm trading him um, just because he has that starting gig. Um, but I certainly won't be starting him if I don't have to. Gotcha. I think for me, I don't know. He has a, People talk, talk him up so much as like the next coming. Yeah. Right. I don't know if you if you heard that too, but it was oh, yeah. like Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence, his hair is amazing. Oh my god, da, 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 da. and he does throw a beautiful spiral, and we yeah. know the rule. I like if he throws a beautiful spiral, it might be a bust. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's that's at least my rule, right? <laughs> <laughs> so in that regard, it's like uh, I don't know if I'm gonna pick him up. <sighs> I don't even like the guy, honestly speaking. So I'll give him up in two weeks. Two weeks, y'all gonna have him figure it out, and I'll go from there. <laughs> so, all right, last one we got here is Justin Fields. 
So Justin Fields running quarterback. He is on Chicago second year. I'm not going to start him until I see something. Um, but I'm certainly not dropping him anytime, um, anytime soon. Um, he's definitely a trade candidate because he's going to hold his value as long as he has that starting gig as he is a rushing quarterback who gives you a lot of bonuses in, in uh, fantasy football. Um, so I might be starting in week two. You know, if I've got Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields on my team, which I actually do in my uh, in my redraft league, um, you know, I'm probably looking, you know, Justin Fields looking over at Trevor Lawrence. Like, if he shows up, if if Justin Fields shows up, he's he's going right in my lineup. <laughs> that's what that's what's happening. There's just so much more upside with Justin Fields in terms of fantasy football because he's such a better runner. Now, Trevor Lawrence is not not a lame duck. He can run the ball. But he just hasn't, and he, it's not, he's a, you know, there's three types of quarterbacks in the NFL, and I'm taking the bad quarterbacks out of it, right? <laughs> We're talking about good quarterbacks. There's three types. There's pocket passers who do not run the ball. They, they refuse to run it unless they are trying to prove something like Tom Brady, you know, every once in a while he tries to prove that he can run 20 yards in an NFL game, you know, but he, other than that, he's a pocket passer. He does not run the ball. And then there's the second type that are pocket passers, unless they get pressured and then they go out of the pocket and they make something happen. They're, they're an as needed uh, type of runner. Um, and then there's the third type, which is where Justin Fields is. And he, that's the, I'm going to run first, ask questions later. You know, um, if, if anything looks weird or if I just feel like it, I am scrambling and running this football. Um, so that's, that's where I'm at with Justin Fields <laughs> and Trevor The reason I'm laughing is because it's like, certain quarterbacks just know I'm going to be running for my life today. <laughs> and yeah. Justin is one of those quarterbacks that you know you're gonna be running for your life today. But I I have an emotional attachment to Justin Fields. First of all, he went to the great the Ohio State University. But number two, I watched his career since high school. This and I've been rooting for him since high school. And I would keep him on my team until he retires. Yeah. <laughs> but just yeah. because I support him that much. Yeah. And that's just my emotional aspect. Um, in terms of his play, he's been doing really well. He's been doing really well in the preseason, right? But this preseason, yes. yeah. how I saw him progress in college is what is what speaks volumes to me about his potential. And I'll bet on that potential, right? Because he went from a like he was running a lot in he was running a lot in college. Then he turned to a pure pocket passer. Like he was sticking in that pocket. He's like, I'm not going anywhere. Right, and now you've seen it in the NFL. Now he's not running as much. Running is going to be very, very, um, what's it called, tactical in that regards. Like he's much more calm in the pocket, it seems, things like that, which only is going to make his running that much better, right? Mm -hmm. I think so because now when people think, oh, he's sitting in the pocket, right? They may they may not pressure that like stack stack the box as much. 
to try to stop him from running, right? And if they don't do that because they're they're respecting his arm, now the run, the running lanes are going to open up even better. So, but we'll see. Sophomore yep. year, we'll see. New coach, everything like that. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for joining us for the inaugural uh, episode of um, Blue Collar Dynasty. Oh, hold up. Blue Collar Dynasty. Uh, it was real fun. Once again, my name is Dr. Chib, and we got Alex the Data Prince over there dropping all the dimes for y'all. And so we look forward to seeing y'all. What's the frequency of this podcast? We don't know yet. We'll let you know. What we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, we're having some fun out here. Uh, we look forward to seeing y'all next time. Peace.